Welcome to the Carbs Corner Podcast. My name is Joe Carboni. March Madness it is. The beautiful game typifies all the pure skill, speed, strength, stamina and a roller coaster of emotions only this truly global sport can deliver. From anticipation that leads to exhilaration in moments to sheer frustration and disbelief back to exhilaration. The game that means so much to so, so many. Well, in today's episode, as I mentioned previously, we're going to be talking about the road to Qatar. And what a couple of 24 to 48 hours it was for those soccer supporters. We all know we've probably felt, along with myself, a lot of disappointment with the Socceroos' performance as they went down 2-0 to Japan at Stadium Australia in Sydney the other night. Really now it's an uphill battle to qualify, but the positive thing is we're still there with a, with a throw at it and hopefully the boys can do the job in June. Even though we've, uh, we've got one game to play, uh, it's only ma- merely mathematical now, and whatever happens in their third game and final clash with Saudi Arabia, it's, pl- it's purely the fact of it doesn't really matter. So hopefully Graham Arnold tries some other combinations that clearly probably wasn't uh, working the game. And I thought Japan probably deserved the victory. Minamino, the Liverpool star, was outstanding. Hit the woodwork a couple of times. Matt Ryan, to his credit, had an outstanding match for the Australians. And uh, as a result of that 2-0 win, Japan automatically qualifying. Good luck to them. They're a powerful Asian nation and clearly have come from the depths of despair in this group in the early stages now to qualify, along with Saudi Arabia, on an automatic basis. So... A lot of work to be done by the Australians. They were just too good in possession, too quick for the Aussies, good in transition, and they just created a heap of chances that really Australia looked really flat-footed and couldn't handle. Um, On the other hand, I felt that the Socceroos were a bit disjointed, couldn't really achieve much flow to their their attacking sense. Um, They really lacked that desire. It was a bit surprising. They're on the back foot. Um, Really didn't attack with a lot of oomph. Um, despite having about 11 players out due to COVID and other reasons and a bit of argy-bargy going on with Graham Arnold and the FFA there's nothing new in Australian football Um, he was there on the sidelines but he looked helpless really as as Japan really controlled the game apart from I thought the first few minutes of the second half where Australia came out with a bit of a plum and decided getting wide on those flanks and Ryan Grant was prominent Um, but you can't probably the best Aussie apart from Matt Ryan in my opinion was Rustic, he's got a lot of uh, poise, that boy, he plays in Germany. Uh, but I really felt they missed the masterclass of Moy and the technical astuteness of Tommy Rodrick in the middle that really lacked a bit of drive for the Aussies. Uh, but Sainsbury was steady as a ship at the back. Um, but really the, the goals they conceded, 11 minutes from time, including injury time, really rocketed the Japanese, I said, to the, the finals. And... Uh, Matt Ryan's face after the game said it all was severely disappointed. But now they were just simply second best on the night and uh, that's football, everyone. But now they, they face an uphill battle in June, as I mentioned. Um, they've got to play the third-place team in Group A of the AFC Confederation uh, at the moment, so they'll play them in June. And if they successfully in that playoff, they play the fifth-place South American team. That could be Chile, Uruguay... Uh, Peru as well, to the top of my, my head. So that could be a tantalising clash for the Socceroos, but I'm sure they have to be up for it, and let's see what these men are made of. A lot of questions came out, I've seen over Twitter and the general media, over the fallout from the game. And in my view, you know, and yours, can the Socceroos still qualify? Is Graham Arnold the man to lead us to the World Cup? 
the fifth successive World Cup since the golden generation of 2006? Who knows? Will he uh, make his men's with the FFA? Who knows what's going on there behind the scenes, but it's typical political football. And purely are the players good enough? Is our system where it should be? I don't think enough players are playing top-light football, apart from Matt Ryan, who's currently number two at Real Sociedad on his two-year contract after being exiled from Brighton, but that's another story in controversial circumstances. But uh, I'd love to hear your views and thoughts on the Aussies game and maybe their plight to the Qatar finals. But also swinging around on the European Cup qualifying playoff games, well, well, we had some astonishing results as well. Uh, Portugal won 3-1, as everyone knows, over Turkey. No Ronaldo goals, unusual there, for the greatest goal scorer of all time and a phenomenon that he is. And Gareth Bale, back to form. He, uh, he scored two in their 2-1 win against uh, Austria as well. So, um, And surprisingly for me, was the Czech Republic exiting uh, with Sweden. So a big upset there. The uh, Swedish boys got over 1-0. So... Ibrahim Ibrahimovic, sorry, um, he'll be still there, hopefully playing in the World Cup at the age of ripe age old of 40, age old 40. So it's amazing. He's still a top line player with AC Milan at the moment, but probably the biggest upset um, and shock in world football of recent times was uh, the 67th placed Minos North Macedonia knocking out the European champions Italy in the Sicilian capital of Palermo. Unbelievable scenes. Having seen this game, uh, Italy totally dominated with so many shots, corners, passes, you name it. Totally dominated the game. But it came down to a 97-second minute, 30-yard strike uh, that just blindsided Donnarumma, bottom left-hand corner, 1-0, 90-second minute, and Italy are out. Unbelievable. Uh, Shock to the nation. Uh, A cruel blow for them. And uh, despite, as I said, this is football, you can dominate all you like, but they didn't get the result. And remarkably, uh, they haven't played in a World Cup final since 2014. Eight years on, who would have thought any purist of football to have a leading nation like the four world-time World Cup champions Italy out? Um, I was in shock, I must admit, for a couple of days. Uh, it was hard enough getting over the Sweden defeat in 2018 courtesy of an own goal over two legs losing 1-0 again a lot of possession but the most stout that counts or the stat that really counts in football is the goals for and in the column of Italy it was nil and the column of the North Macedonians who live to fight another day and write, maybe write some more history they come up against Ronaldo's Portugal uh, next week which should be a pulsating game and maybe they might qualify the last three places for the European spots of the World Cup so we'll see how that goes but what a fall from grace for the Italians in the last nine months in July last year they were just lifting that European trophy aloft against all odds in July in Wembley and then absolute gloom in Palermo so now we're to the Italian football well I think they've got to probably start from scratch and thank Chiellini and Benucci their older players and say thanks very much for your contribution it's time to to invest in some new blood and new talent, no doubt that's within Syria in the leagues. Uh, it's time for rebuilding, but I think Mancini's the man to lead the Italians through this. He's really um, rejuvenated Italian football, in my opinion, with attacking, attractive style of play. 
and he's brought back that Italian passion into the game with the players that want to play for the national team and also the supporters. So I think he has to stay should he want to. So what do you think? I'd be interested in your views as well. And as I said, um, it's going to be a tantalising last round of fixtures for the European leagues. Um, as I said, elimination of Russia, courtesy of the Ukrainian war, which was uh, rightly so. And then Wales await their final opponent um, once all that's been determined. And uh, the last three fixtures are said for the last three European places. Still up for grabs. That'll be played out at the end of March. So we'll be interested to see who does qualify. 19 of the 32 finalists have been determined so far for Qatar and the 13 to go. So by the end of uh, mid-June, we'll have all the 32 finalists. And let's hope the Socceroos, as I mentioned previously, can be there. Now onto a local view with the Perth Glory. Um, as a fan, I was a bit disappointed by the sacking of Richard Garcia and his assistant Stephen McGarry. I thought, given the COVID interruption seasons they've had over the last two to three years uh, and the constant travel, especially the last three to four months where the Glory boys have been on the road consistently, having to think about football 24-7, you haven't got that escape of your family and friends, which sometimes I think is the way to go. It's healthy because you keep thinking about football 24-7 you can play the game before you get out to the game if you know what I mean so true testament I know the results haven't been great but this has got to be taken into consideration these unusual once in a lifetime circumstances for the club and uh, I think fairly disappointed as I said with the sacking I thought you need stability at that club um, and it's good to see some WA talent coming through and a few of the players getting the opportunity, which is a positive. And in the, in the league where there's no promotion or relegation, I think you really need, as I said, stability in the club. And um, sacking the coach, I don't think it's the right move in this instance, given the mitigating circumstances that he's had to work with and the coaching staff and all the players. I think some of the hierarchy at the club need to really look at themselves in the mirror. Are they the right people to make these footballing decisions? What footballing pedigree do they have, if any, to be honest? And I think uh, it's overdue for a change of ownership. I don't know whether many of you will agree or not, but that's just the way I see things. I think the club's gone stale. The interest is dwindling. Uh, the media probably looks at it as a second-rate sport at the moment. So we really need the glory to keep firing, and I think we need just to be stable. But given that, they've got 10 more games to go, 30 more points up for grabs. They're bottom of the table, 11 points from the top six. Anything can happen in football, as we've seen over the last few days. And this is no different than the Isuzu Ute A-League at the moment, which is normally a very tight competition. And sometimes form just goes out the window. It's hard to predict. One of the hardest leagues, believe it or not. If you're a betting man, good luck, because uh, if you follow form, generally nine times out of ten, you won't win the money. Having said that, as I, as I mentioned, it's good to see, and hopefully all the best of luck to Ruben Zakovic and also Chris Coyne, who are promoted from the youth team to handle the situation. Be, hopefully uh, success is uh, following the, the team. And as I mentioned, some of the WA talents, good to see that uh, Brandon O'Neill has come back to uh, skipper the team after his success at Sydney FC. Um, Daniel Steins, Jack Clisby, Giordano Colley has been quite impressive. Adam Zimmerino as well and Callum Timmons um, all getting an opportunity. It's about time and long may it continue for the club. So hopefully that's success in the long term. 
Um, that's my thoughts where the club is, but let's just see what happens in the ensuing weeks and hopefully they can climb that ladder and at least play for the, for the badge and pride of the club. And that's really where I'm going to leave it this week. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and you can contact me via the Instagram or Facebook page with your views, feedback and comments on today's episode. And I look forward to those and I'll even mention we'll go through some of those in the coming episodes. Uh, I want to make this as interactive as I can for those football lovers out there. As I said, this has been Joe Carboni and for the love of the game.